Hey, welcome everybody to uh, Five Pin Universe's podcast number 72. Uh, we have the usual podcasters, Dexter and Tim Wiseman, and myself, Kerry Kreitz. Uh, I would just like to thank everybody to tune in for uh, 72 straight podcasts. I'm sure everybody wasn't here for every single one, but uh, there might be a couple. We might even have one on the podcast joining us. Um, so before we any further ado, we're going to introduce our sponsor of the week. It's All-Star Bowling Sales. All right. As the overlay stated, our uh, special guest this week is Mr. Ken Wilson from Carmen Lanes in Manitoba. How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Good. Good. Thanks so, for joining us, Ken. Happy to be here. So we actually have a little tag along. <laughs> Maybe the guy that watched all 72 episodes. Uh, <laughs> we're going to bring him in here. Mr. Ryan O'Callaghan. Whoa, what is this? Hacked <laughs> oh. into your phone, brought you in. Nice. Big brother. You didn't, you didn't tell him he was going to be on. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, it was Ken. the only way we could make sure that you still came on. Yeah. Fair enough. You'll look really good with me on here, buddy. Don't even worry. <laughs> so as our overlay stated, uh, Ken, you're obviously a proprietor. Um, you have a mixture of lanes in your center, do you not? We do, probably pretty unique at, at this point, but uh, we've got an eight lane center and uh, six lanes are string and we still have two free fall that, uh, that we never converted. That's so do, awesome. you, do you find finding parts for those free fall machines hard to come by or is that manufacturing yourself or how does that work? So, so we've been pretty lucky uh, even before we converted that as centers closed, they generally contacted us to you know, ask if we were interested in parts, probably Dakota Lanes was, was one of the last ones. And we, I've got in my garage, I've got, uh, I actually have more parts than I have, you know, two lanes of machines. I probably have enough parts for four machines still <laughs> to replace everything or, you know, the most important stuff. But for us, the, the long-term plan has kind of been, uh, go moving to six lanes, using the extra space to, to add a new revenue stream. It hasn't happened yet. And with uh, with COVID, uh, I'm glad that we can still use four lanes. So I'm I'm glad that we have the have the eight. But once we get past this, the free fall, their their days are they've been numbered for a while, but uh, <laughs> they may be more numbered. Totally. And then, um, as on the overlay stated, you uh, created a little free fall invitational um, for the Manitoba guys. Um, I know you. You ran that event here not too long ago. How did it all go? And uh, what was the process for all that? Yeah, so um, maybe about five weeks ago, uh, I got a message from Ryan here and uh, and from Sean Langlock. And, you know, stuff they're doing in Alberta. Uh, they're putting on some great matches. Why can't we do the same thing in Manitoba? So uh, I got a center and it was free. So... <laughs> Ryan, Ryan and Sean deserve the credit for the idea, but uh, yeah, it really came, came together. We had eight bowlers come out, and rather than, than try to stream live, which I've done some live streaming, but uh, we decided we'd, we'd record it and give me a little time to edit things and, and present it in the near future. Yeah, polish it up, make it look uh, a little more professional. You know, you never know what's going to happen with live uh, stuff, too, but hopefully, yeah, it. From where where I sat, and I did commentary on a couple of the matches as well, and it 
felt great, looked great. Hopefully, uh, the end product uh, reflects what we did. So, no, that's, so that's awesome. It's a lot of work doing all that stuff. That's a lot of work doing all the editing. Um, hence, kind of why Carrie quit editing all this stuff and just kind of let us do our thing. Um, <laughs> how's that? How's that coming along for you, Ken? I feel like that's probably a big undertaking for you. So, so it was only about three weeks from when we started talking about it to, to when we actually shot things. So I didn't have any graphics ahead of time or, or any plans. We really, we shot everything and now I'm, I'm more in the process of uh, doing the graphics, you know, the overlays and the scoreboards and things like that. So uh, the very first match is, is Ryan against Karen Armstrong and I'm pretty close <laughs> to having, having that one good to go. Um, a little bit more, little bit more graphics and you know another evening or or two at the most and it'll be ready i'd like to get three or four of the seven episodes in the can before i start releasing them on a weekly basis but uh we'll work on that uh kind of as our next step maybe alongside you guys and and making sure we spread the word no for sure um anything to support the the bowling community i, I think it's pretty amazing what you guys are gonna do and um Am I wrong, but were you part of the production for the Karen Armstrong piece that was brought out? Yeah, so so I did uh, all those pieces for all the, the Manitoba Hall of Fame inductees for the for the C5 Hall of Fame. So, um, you know, we wanted to awesome. we wanted to do something that uh, that honored them and made them feel special. So hopefully they felt that way. They certainly uh, were very appreciative. We had a, we had a really good night at uh, Uptown Alley and in Winnipeg, uh, played the videos and, uh, yeah, it all came together really good. And that, uh, those videos got shared everywhere. Tons. It's, uh, thousands and thousands of views. So really cool. It was three different videos. Wasn't it Ken? Like for each of yeah, the inductees? There's actually four. Cause we four. had, uh, Oh, dialysis. Well. <laughs> three bowlers and dialysis. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I was just thinking of the bowlers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they were phenomenal. The, um, I know I watched every single one of them and shared them on all our platforms, right? Um, they're well-received for sure. And then I know you made us look bad, but in a good way. So, <laughs> Well, the goal isn't to make anybody look bad. No, but, uh... no. But no, I, I mean, and, I, and I mean that in a great way because there's no way that I that any of us could have done anything similar to that, Ken. It was phenomenal, right? Oh, so thanks. Yeah, I know we all watched it, and I know everybody out here loved every single one of those things, right? So oh, thanks. Yeah. Oh, I was really lucky that uh, I put out a call for people that, that wanted to speak about the inductees and, um, you know, they're so well known and so, uh, so popular and like that. I, I just had a list of people willing to come. Uh, we had a, a hotel room we rented out and, and just had people come visit and talk about them. And yeah, it worked out great. That was the day before we flew to uh, Abbotsford, wasn't it? Or the evening before? It was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was in the works for quite a while. Yeah, we, we, we planned it out. And sometimes you get an idea in your head and say, uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys uh, have the same kind of thoughts, but you think, man, somebody should do something. And then you realize that that somebody <laughs> might be you. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Yeah. And Very much so. So yeah. that, that probably applies to lots of the stuff I do, but uh, it's not so much that that I think I'm the best for the job, but, uh, you but do somebody, the job, somebody should do it and, and yeah, you try, try to do your best. 
Uh, that's pretty much how everything that I've been involved has come around to. It's like somebody should really do something like that. Well, I guess I'm starting that next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I love the idea you guys shared there with like the team event thing. Uh, was it eight teams you're going to do? We're hoping to. Um, we put the feelers out there to see, and there's been actually a lot of positive feedback. Um, probably not enough yet to really jump the gun and start doing all the logistics for it, but there's definitely people that are interested and uh, want to see something like that. Um, pretty much every other sport you go to or you watch has a team event and a weekly weekly game like the Blue Jays, for example, or right. not to that if that size of effect, but there's badminton tournaments going on all the time. And that's video that's live streamed. And really bowling is kind of the only one that has these major team events that we aren't weekly producing. Right. So um, I think it's a step in the right direction Um, to get to that point. Maybe scratch might not be the way to go. We might have to do like a handicap or pins over if you want to fill out eight full teams this fast, but we'll see. Oh, it's a heck of an idea. Like, hopefully it flies for you guys and whatever format you choose to use, I'm sure it'll be like awesome to watch. So, yeah. Yeah. For, for watchability, Scratch is definitely the way to go. Yeah. Because <laughs> just yeah. no one out there. I mean, some bowlers will get it and, and do the math and figure all that stuff out. But for uh, outside viewers, that, that makes it tough. Even oh, no, watching, wait, yeah. like, so go ahead, Ken. Oh, it was me, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say it might bring in like a few, you know, if it's going to be a POA thing, maybe it'll bring in a few of those, you know, 190, 200 average bowlers. And they can say they bowled Dexter Wiseman or Kerry Kreitz. And I beat him. Like I beat him in a match. His average was 260 and mine was 200. And I shot a 250 and beat him because he needed a 310 or something, you know? Yeah. we. I always find it tough. Um, and I guess let me know your thoughts on this, guys. Um Pins over average handicap is so lopsided when you go from center to center because let, let's face it, you play, uh, as everybody knows, Bonnie Dune was super high scoring. So if you come out of a, a league out of there with a 190 average and you go bowl at Heritage, that's notoriously a little bit tougher. Right. Is that 190 average really applicable? I don't know. And that's, yeah, that, that's, that's what makes it tough, right? I'm For sure. Unless it was weighted by percentage, like uh, eighty or or ninety percent, eighty percent, or something like that, yeah, per person, right? Because then, 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 then all of a sudden you're you're top heavy on the mm-hmm. on the individuals, right? I'm just right. thinking for uh, your bowlers that qualify as, let's say, um, in golf, it would be a scratch golfer. Maybe it'd be a scratch bowler. Anybody that averages more than two fifty or two forty five in any house, mm-hmm. then they would mm-hmm. be an even keel and then base it off right. that i don't know yeah i'm sure there's many formats to play with but i mean i'm sure you guys will figure it out uh, when the time comes obviously <laughs> money talks it does <laughs> yeah yeah for sure money talks yeah I feel How many, like that, uh, go ahead i was Ken. gonna say that uh, i feel like it's an ongoing question with with all kinds of events is center to center are, are you really judging somebody's ability based on on a number and uh, you know, from one center to another, it's they're not even. But to have an answer for that, I uh, we could rack our brains a long time. I think totally. I mean, yeah. e- even I mean, I assume in your center that the scoring between the free fall machines and your string machines are totally different too. 
there, right? there, there's definitely a, a, a difference. I've, I've never quantified it in, you know, this pair of scores this much better or worse. Mm -hmm. um, you, you see a difference in the kind of uh, the kind of shot you need to throw. So for some people, maybe maybe it doesn't make a big difference, but for others, maybe they're seeing it more. Yeah, definitely. I know when Bonadoon flipped over to the 17 centers, um, they kept track of like the average increases and stuff like that too. And there is definitely a significant change, right? So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting moving from center 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 to center, and yeah, that definitely makes the POA handicap side of things a, a challenge. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That that's why I think the only fair play is to play at scratch. But it's uh, yeah, it's tough to find. Even in Alberta, we we tend to have a, a lot of scratch players, but it, it's tough to find eight teams of six pl six players on a roster, right? Like that's a that's a big ask. Oh, for the, sure. The only thing I can think of is unless you had a capped, right? And and that and that's right. that's the tough thing, right? If you had a capped average, and all of a sudden it's going to be, you would think it'd be fair. But I mean, Carrie and I both know on Wednesday nights we used to just. Milk the system where Carrie and I used to be a, a one A and a B bowler, and then all of a sudden we used to find a uh, our low bowler on our team from another center that had had a lower average, and then all of a sudden they play Bonnie Dune and just absolutely kill C's, and all of a sudden we just were milking the system, right? So, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah so there, but that's a strategy, right? Like, yeah, that's totally a strategy. Yeah, I I don't know if if there's enough money on the line, maybe that becomes a thing where your players go start playing in harder houses in order to drop their average to make this professional team league, right? You never know. I I don't know if there's enough of the enough money on the line to make that an issue, but we see it in in uh, other events in POA events. Um, there's always sandbagging and stuff going on, and I don't care how who says that they're not. You know there is. Absolutely. As as a proprietor that has a house that has like decent scoring, I don't like the idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, even if you're using higher at highest average, well, that means like, oh, you know what? Care or I, I bowl twice a week in Sherwood Park. Guess I'm bowling never again. <laughs> like, yeah, right. off to the Bronx, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I yeah. just, I just the sandbagging thing is, I, I really just have a hard time with it because really. Why would I want to spend hundreds of dollars a year just to sandbag for something that I like? I make minuscule money on. Like it just well, they really that, just it drives thing, me yeah. crazy. Yeah, I just like you don't make a million dollars in the sport, and then for you to want to sandbag, oh, okay, you know what, buddy, have a great time in your life. Like that, that's that's a lot of fun. But if you can build a product and sell it for this professional mini league or whatever, and maybe there is money behind it, and maybe throwing away three, four hundred dollars of mediocre league play to maybe gain two grand at the end of the year might be yeah. a logistical oh, thing, for right? Sure. But for sure. But for m myself, it's like my time invested. Like, why would I want to go down to a... Well, it's a, a long two... ways to walk to another bowling center, Tim, oh, for you. So. okay. <laughs> I was waiting for that jab. But, yes. but, but time, yes. time, time, in, time invested. I'm thinking, <laughs> why would I want to spend 30 weeks just, just doing that, right? It just doesn't no. make any sense to me. No, it's uh, it's bad for the people that do that on purpose to like, I don't know, we call it the 220 here or whatever, Ken. I don't know what it's called around the country. The, but, the IP, yeah. Yeah, yeah but pe people that bowl poorly on purpose so they can make this team, like, I mean, is that 
why you bowl? Like, do you spend 30 weeks of your year doing this to, oh, look at me, I made this team. Like, that's yeah. not what bowling's about. Like, I, I have a, I just can't turn it off. I, I like, I'm a competitive person and like, yeah. I just, I can't go up there and intentionally throw balls away because if I miss the middle, I'm pissed off. Right. Like, how do I intentionally miss the middle? I don't know. I, I couldn't do it. No, um, no, no. It's right. And and even for like 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 I said, back to like you're talking about live streaming this, right, Carrie? Not post production, but live stream. No, so, well, so my thought was the host center or the host team would get the live stream for the day, and then the other matches would all be videotaped and cool. released over the next couple of weeks before the next match day or whatever the situation is. Has anyone like sat here and watched the the teaching masters streams online? For nationals, like and like, in no <laughs> offense to like them at all, right? It it's it's difficult watching the POA side, and and mostly because like, unless we have somebody sitting there and like have a scoreboard off to the side where sure. we are doing the math for everybody as they're going along, you get bored. Oh, yeah, you're it's... you're completely lost, and like the end of it could come down to some like really big shots, but you have no idea. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, sure. Yeah. I mean, any sport, if, if you don't know what the score is and they're not going to update you on the score for 20 minutes, I mean, you can watch a hockey game and you see all the goals. You can keep track at home, but, mm -hmm. you know, you get in halfway through the game if they never said who was winning, man, it's hard to watch. And I'm a, I'm a pretty big hockey fan. Exactly. But if I don't know who's who's winning any sport, it is tough. That, that to me is why the, you know, the scoreboard, the, the scoring is so important to have as as part of the mix if you're gonna if you're gonna stream. Well, I tell yeah. you, I'd never turn on another cricket match if there wasn't a scoreboard. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I might not True. turn it on either way, but yeah. <laughs> oh no, man! If you haven't sat down, learned the rules, and watched a cricket match, you are not living. <laughs> Guess it I'm dead. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. It's it's awesome. I work with some guys from India, so uh, they like to talk about it. I need to to appreciate it a little further here. So, yeah. IPL League, the Chennai Super Kings, top notch. That's my team. <laughs> Every time I've ever seen cricket, I just want to grab one of them paddles and hit that little ball out of that stadium as far as I can. I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, that's it looks like it would be a lot you get, of fun. You get six points for that. Oh, really? Is that if you good roll it out, you get four. That's good. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're actually trying to hit it out of this. Look at this. I'm learning about cricket on a bowling podcast. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're super informative here. It, yes, obviously. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, and, and back to the whole sandbagging side of things. And like, so I had this conversation with uh, Daryl Bradley and Mark Johnstone yesterday because uh, they came in and they were just throwing some balls and whatnot. And uh, I, once again, because they were talking about betting and I'm like, man, we need to get like, we need to try to get, bowling onto a betting app. It needs to get onto like bet three, six, five or something like that. But as Carrie and I have talked before, like that means that we need like an ethics committee and an odds maker. Right. And uh, then, then the whole sandbagging side of things really, really becomes an actual issue. You know? Right. So, so I'm going to kind of nerd out here just to kind of build on that. The PBA league was just going on this week and they actually had um, betting on Fox Sports for it. Amazing. There's, yeah, so bowling is being bet on, I guess, in that in that fashion. So it's not that far away. No. <laughs> Maybe right. for five pin it is, but 
But I mean, so, people will bet on anything, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I bet on bowling all the time. Like, I love watching this stuff. I'll, I'm trying to get bets going in the group chat. Like, someone bet me 50 bucks. Like, <laughs> exactly. Some guys so, have that mining money. Nah, a little different. <laughs> I don't have that mining money, buddy. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> you no, have the mining money? I had kids at a super young age money, so they got it all until this uh, point. They're gone now. <laughs> so hopefully, maybe I get to see a bit of it now. We'll see. <laughs> You need more subbing hours. No, I'm not doing that this year, man. I don't want COVID. And there's no there's no WCBT. The only reason I was subbing was to make money to go on these trips. So until that's a solid thing again, I'm just days off or days off. Cheers. Rolling rocks. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so, so you're telling me, Ryan, that if we start an ethics committee, you're the number one guy that we, uh, we contact. I'm crazy ethical, man. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> All about the ethics over here. I I really think that that's that's something that could absolutely push our market into something much bigger. It might be what it might be what pushes our game out of Canada, even ultimately. You know, that's when you might be able to see some popping up in the eastern states and stuff like that, and um, just it'll bring exposure because people are degenerates. We know that absolutely. I I always so, thought, like I said, if you made a bunch of money, I thought. Go to Vegas, man. Put like a 12-lane house in the middle of Las Vegas. People would stream in there for the novelty just to try it. You know, I think it would be, people would be like, what is this? People would be coming in off the street, tourists after tourists, just to check it out. Like, they've never seen or heard of this, right? So, yeah. I don't know if you could afford afford the square footage to put 60-foot lanes in the middle of Vegas, though. Well, That's why they have those fast lanes, right? The little 20-footers or 30 yeah, right. Do you know how expensive those things are? It's cheaper to put in real lanes than actually have those things. But I'm oh, talking really? about the, the lease yeah. property, right? Oh, that totally. Would be ridiculous. Yeah. But, but that's the one thing. That's the only, I guess, downside about really about bowling is so much square footage is used for yep. literally thin air. Absolutely. Yeah, you've got 60 feet where for no people. It's Yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, Ken, you don't use 60 feet for your lanes, I hear, so. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> As I recall, there's some kind of a uh, rounding error there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> Honestly, the only reason why I even said anything was because I saw that listing, and I was like, whose place is this? <laughs> Real estate agents. I, I had a great real estate agent, but she does, she doesn't know anything about uh, bowling specifications or lane certifications. <laughs> Clearly not. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, I know everybody's kind of in the middle of the COVID situation and all that good stuff, but. Uh, do you guys have any stories you want to share of some national experiences? I know Ryan, you had mentioned before podcast, you have a bronze medal at nationals and you've coached a team to silver. Um, uh, any, any good stories attached to that? Uh, not really. I went to, <laughs> na- <laughs> I, w- I went to nationals way back in 1999 from Thompson. Our, uh, our men's team won against Winnipeg in the final here. And, uh, I think I was 20 or 21. I'm not sure, but, uh, we got a bronze medal at nationals. Uh, it was good, cool experience. Uh, 
really what I would credit that trip to was the other five guys on the team really taught me how to drink as a 20 year old. So <laughs> they've, they've turned me into the alcoholic bowler that I am today. So I give those five a lot of credit and my coach, because if I couldn't hang with them, uh, yeah, I, I had to learn how to drink really fast. I wasn't much of a drinker to that point. So, oh, okay. so yeah. And then, uh, in 1998, I coached the Bantam girls team from here uh, to a silver medal at nationals. So that was uh, that's probably my favorite bowling memory. So in 1998, 1998, I believe is the year. 97, maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was nice too. Where where was it, Ryan? Uh, Sudbury. No. Oh, so that wasn't 98. That was that was 98. We were 97, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Because in yeah, 98, Jim yeah. and I made nationals as Bantam boys. Oh. Okay. So I was. One no, it was in uh, it was summer, we yeah, yeah. I think they went fourteen and seven, and Ontario went like fifteen and six. They beat us by like a point or two. So, well, that's awesome. yeah, it was super cool. I was only nineteen years old, and they handed me this team of like five little ten-year-old ringers, and hey, go destroy everyone. Yeah, okay, this is an easy team to coach. They're all phenomenal bowlers, and actually, one of them bowls with me on my Monday night team now. So, kind of neat. That's yeah, super cool. cool. And you can? Well, I don't have any. Uh, exciting stories like Ryan, I guess, as far as my team <laughs> teaching me to drink. That's, but, uh, that's not really exciting. That's I, just destroyed my life, man. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, none of my teams ever destroyed my life, so I guess that's a plus. Evil T-Ray tried last year at Nationals. Uh, he, he tried. <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> um, can... Uh, I got warned that this might upset you, but I was asked to uh, ask you the no-name story. Oh, boy. So, so <laughs> that, was, asked, that was a real long pause. <laughs> so that, the pause is because the person who asked you that, I don't know if I know the exact story. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure what exactly what they're referring to anymore. That's, okay, well, we can that's, move along. That's on me, so I apologize. No, that, that's a fair deflection. That is a well-done special guest uh, avoid yes. the Avoided awkward the, topic. The whole thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm all about awkward topics. What else yes. you guys got? <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, um, obviously you came out to quite a few WCBT events while it was going strong. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on the whole the whole tour? Uh, I love it. I'm... Uh... I would probably consider this my rookie rookie season at it, I guess. I, I played Regina the previous year, but it was more just to hang out with Ken and a couple other people. We all went down together. And, uh, yeah, then it was kind of a lark, but I saw, like, the amount of great bowlers there still were. I took a couple of years off three years ago again. Like, I've retired a couple times. And just seeing what you guys were doing uh, <laughs> kind of got me interested in the game again. So. Yeah, I kind of try to make a point of making all the events this uh, this season. And uh, Red Deer's unfortunate because my parents live there, and I really wanted to play in front of them. And haven't made any cuts. I've had a couple bad shifts, but uh, I'm learning kind of what it takes to get there. And it's it's been a lot of fun. Like I really enjoy it. Enjoy all the bowlers and the competition. So that was something that I think you were surprised about were the bowlers, like the people themselves, right? If I remember talking to you initially, is like you you weren't expecting to you know enjoy the crowd the way i think you have you fit oh in yeah perfectly it's, yeah no it's been uh been great like i said i'm a bit outgoing if you guys haven't noticed but <laughs> but I, I i said i i'd love to qualify i'd love to make a cut but i mean just the experience and the weekend it's worth every dollar whether i make a cut or not so 
I've been pretty fortunate with some slot machines uh, before a few of the few of the tour stops, so didn't cost me too much out of pocket, regardless. But uh, I enjoy it. I look forward to it. it gives me something to uh, to strive towards, and uh, hopefully we can get back up and running as soon as possible. But COVID yeah. obviously has its own plans for it, so wait and see, I guess. Yeah, and Ken, we've seen you out there a few times. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, so. I mean, I, I love bowling and I love the, the stuff that, uh, that you guys are doing that the, you know, WCBT is, is doing. I, I played cash events quite a while ago now. I think the first one I actually played was Rose Bowl in Edmonton in, in 2000. Um, but I, I played a number of Manitoba opens and, uh, I played KG a few times. And then once I bought the bowling center and, and so it, it's, it costs lots of money, but it's a hobby. So I have a full-time job and, and my partners, we all have full-time jobs and along with working and, and, and the bowling center, it's, it's been hard to get out as much as I'd like to. Um, I, I feel like I'm not quite as competitive as I, I maybe was 10 years ago when I wish I'd been playing some more, but, uh, the, the people is, is, at least half of the best part of bowling. I mean, competing against the best and, and hopefully being successful is, is right up there. And, and that's what drives a lot of people. But uh, the other part is, is meeting new friends and people that share the same passion as you. So uh, I'd like to be out there, there more, but for now to, to get to one or two events, Regina and, and hopefully uh, in Winnipeg, when things get going again, uh, I know it's not a tour stop yet, but uh I want to we'll get out there and compete yeah. and, mm-hmm. and those things because uh, just seeing everybody and making new friends in, in the sport is, uh, it's its own reward, right? Uh, winning money is a, a pretty good reward too, but uh, yeah. Oh, it's almost you know, Regina the last couple of years, you've said it's almost been kind of like a treat for you, like a getaway because you know, we don't get many chances to compete yeah. out here. So, I mean, yeah. for you to go play that, it's like, a, you know, it's a big deal that weekend, right? Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I've played quite as well as, as I hope for, but, uh, but I'll, I'll go as long as I can, hopefully. So you're yeah. probably the smoothest lefty I've ever seen. Yes. It's, Absolutely. it's incredible. So I'd it love to see what you could do with your right hand. <laughs> Don't ask what he does with his right hand. That's not for this podcast. <laughs> that's a totally yeah, hands different above podcast. The table. <laughs> yeah. We're good. That's, We're good. That's a different podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ryan, uh, James says that making cuts is easy. You just have to show up. Oh, and bowl. James, James is my hero. I love James. He just shows up once. Man, I'll try that out. Makes the cut. Yeah, man, dude, get lost. <laughs> I think I bought into like seven shifts over the four events and yeah, I've come close a couple times. I was close in Edmonton. I was close in Calgary and I just managed to shoot myself in the feet the last couple games, both times. But I mean, it's, it's there, but. Yeah, yeah, James played phenomenally. Like he's he's an awesome talent. Yeah. He actually bowled in the the free fall thing as well in one of the matches. So, oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Spo- spoiler. Oh, what, <laughs> why, do, why do I need to watch it now? Thanks, Ryan. Why? Because James is in it. Oh no, I've ruined everything. Ken. <laughs> Sorry, it's, James. You're it's out good. Here. Now I don't have to edit it. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 we're still waiting for Carrie's edit from from June. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, trust me. I don't think that's coming out. It might be in pieces. <laughs> Maybe we'll ship it off to Ken. Yeah, it's, yeah that's, sure. that's all Ken needs is a, a third job. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for the third job. 
got a fourth or a fifth without getting into into too much detail that the whole ml5 name that we attach to this event i i just kind of throw it on to anything that uh that ryan and sean come up with but uh <laughs> but it originally started it way back when i lived in brandon in 2003 so we, we did a a short season just a I think it was six weeks, but it may have been eight weeks and a playoffs, three player teams. So a little bit different than what you're looking to start right now, but we had an average cap to try to keep the teams even and, uh, and be able to fill out the league and things like that. So the, the 2003 playoffs we, we recorded and, uh, just recently I, I made a DVD back then there was, there was really no streaming. So, uh, I made <laughs> DVDs, burn DVDs. I bought a, you know, a DVD burner probably cost me like $400 at the time. <laughs> but, uh, made these DVDs and it, it was a lot of work, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but in 2004, we shot the whole thing again, the second season, and I still haven't edited it. So <laughs> it's I, never I, too I, late, buddy. I'm not certain I have the footage, so <laughs> it, it well, probably well, is too late. Well, Ken, we did, we did something in June. I thought it was a great idea. I uh, had seven camera angles. Uh, imagine trying to audio edit that and sync it and here Just I elim eliminate a couple of them here it turns out that uh, a couple of the cameras were filming in 60 frames per second so it goes <laughs> to a different file format and uh, yeah it's a big are we allowed to talk about two, 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 two things oh, and I know what it is what you're talking about yeah <laughs> like, is it a secret what this thing was? Well, it, no, it, it might be. No, Desperate <laughs> no, De already blabbed it. Two things. Oh, carry. I didn't say it. I was just wondering. <laughs> two things, carry One, uh, my my first two balls that I shot, uh, if I knocked out two cameras, I would have done you you obviously a service. <laughs> you would have, yes. He threw and, two, two pins right away. I almost had both cameras. And... <laughs> The second, the second thing is, is the only time I ever beat Weber. So we really got to get at least yeah. that match on. Got to post that. <laughs> <laughs> and you, can, you, can, you can see the tears when I basically illegally beat him. But the point is. Well, now who's ruining the drama? Jeez, you're giving me trouble yeah. but saying James's name. <laughs> you know, even Carrie, like if you just pick, if you just pick one camera angle, do we have one from the back and just use it? People will want to watch it. It's bad, man. All I know is <laughs> I am fat. Like you, you haven't that lost is anything. All though. I learned from this is I am not in shape. <laughs> so so I, clearly the games I played in Carmen, I haven't seen how I look on camera because I was obviously in the game. Oh. So I'm a little scared about that. Like it's gonna look like Santa Claus from behind throwing bowling balls, and I don't want that. But yeah, it's but, quite but, possible. No, it'll no, be a cam better camera angle than the one they have on you right now, so you'll look better immediately. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep trying to cover the chin, you know, two, three chins down. Just, whatever. Oh, man. I could probably even put up a, pull up a video of it. It is not good. You guys would be it. very, very disappointed. So for those, who, of you, those of you who don't know what we did, we did a, um, a, a strike derby. Uh, they did it in 10 pin this summer. We decided that was a cool idea. Same idea as a home run derby. You have two minutes. You throw as many strikes as you can in that time period. And, uh, yeah, the one round I, I threw 22 shots in two minutes, and I was gassed. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a here, lot. We'll even use, uh, we'll use Weber here. So this is the one camera angle that 
is half decent. Let's see that, if I can share it, it here. This is wide angle. <laughs> <laughs> see, uh, you start shooting here right away. I'm pretty sure. So we had cameras on every every set of lanes, and then one Look looking at that water. back. I was going to say with Weber, what did he get to shoot like three shots in two minutes or? <laughs> yeah, no, he can actually pick up his pace. It's weird. That is weird. Yeah, he actually, he actually did all right. But uh, yeah, Tim kind of ruined the surprise, but we'll see what happens if I can get it edited. Or like you said, I'll just maybe I'll throw two camera angles together and put it out there. Yeah, make it easy on yourself because pe people will want to see this. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and Cindy's right. Cindy in the comments here. Tim was almost puking after his match. Like, we had to go grab him a I, bucket. Yeah. <laughs> Two I, minutes is a lot. <laughs> I, I, we, we, we did the round. Thank you, Cindy. But, yes. So, we, <laughs> we, we did a round robin. and uh, No, we, we did a seating round. Seating round, right? And then yeah. I... And I was seventh, and then I had to play the next two. Um, uh, then, then I was the first matchup after the seeding round, and I wasn't recovery even close. I was already ready to puke after my seeding round, and I had to play Mr. Weber, and I was I was horking, just ready to go horking, ready, ready in the bucket. Yeah, not very good. You guys got to work on your cardio out there in Alberta. Jeez. Well, and the thing Ad, is, Adam is like, pushed fat bowlers are better bowlers, and that just took took over. Well, <laughs> Did people just start eating five steaks a day. Like, <laughs> I, I thought I'd be fine because I bowl fast as it is, but yeah, no, not good. Oh, that's that looks like a different not animal good. completely, even from your delivery. So it's you're like leaping the ball return over lanes to like try to throw as many balls as you can. Like, it's I'm like li literally the, the left lane was the best because you could throw a ball and just move like you don't watch it you just start walking to the next lane and go and yeah it was uh it was it was a challenge it wasn't it wasn't pretty no no yeah. i didn't start hitting the gym after that just so i could do that faster i hope i don't <laughs> I, I hope i never have to do that again <laughs> it's a super awesome concept like it would have been neat to, to see it come to fruition like uh like on camera but yeah if you yeah. have anything carrie it'd be cool to see you like yeah we might put it out and like the only person I almost hit a camera was me, so it worked out for the best. It's just your stuff, yeah. I try not yeah. to wreck any. I try not to wreck or trip over any of Ken's stuff when we were there. But, yeah, uh, it was it was bad. They tried to get that last minute shot away and uh, straight into the gutter where the camera was sitting. Oh jeez, <laughs> maybe went, uh, went right around it. It was pretty pretty sweet. Oh, that's good. <laughs> maybe we could do that live on here, Carrie. If you can get like a couple cameras put together. Then we can uh, we could do live commentary on that or something here. Oh yeah, that'd be I, cool. Yeah. I could definitely slap two together. I think I won't do overlays or anything. I'll just slap two camera angles together, and then we'll we'll do something. We can use this for overlays and have a couple of people talk about it. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Problem solved. That, that is something uh, Brett Hendrickson was talking about uh, last week on the the challenge matches there. Um, some of the old VHS bowling videos that they put up on uh, YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, we might start doing some of that. We'll watch Scotty Barber and Kevin Clark's match and critique their crappy bowling. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Wait, are, we, are, we to, are we allowed to still name drop on here for matches? Because uh, Scotty participated in this little challenge too. Like, I mean, oh man, you're just ruining Ken's whole. I don't know how it's ruining it. We're <laughs> just saying who participated. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'm okay. okay. <laughs> 
if you do it live, I mean, Ryan, spoiling spoiling results is one thing, but I mean, well, saying all, who played. All, all I like, know is Ryan didn't make it out of the first round, so I don't. I, I did skip. Well, I can make. Oh, I can skip forward. If Karen beat you, I already know that. Why would you know that? Come on, Tim. What are you doing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> our, 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 I already, I already know. Well, come on, it just makes sense. The, Karen, the jury Ryan, will strike Karen, that from the record. Karen, uh, please Karen don't Ryan, remember. I, that. I can already tell you. I, I, just watch, buddy. Just this. watch. Yeah, you're gonna want to watch this one. So. I, I love Karen. <laughs> just watch that one. I do. I love Karen, but now I hope Ryan kicks the crap out of her just so he can like fist pump Tim. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Well, it's okay. Ryan, Ryan probably supported the center had twelve beers. It's okay. No big deal. Yeah, Lenny, I'll try and uh, crop out that video and make sure we get that out there for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll try not to ruin it all. I guess I do have a I was going to say, what, to what else can we ruin tonight, guys? Uh, yeah. Anyone watch The Bachelor this year? No, <laughs> but R Ryan is a stickler for, like, not wanting to know results, so... No, I prefer, yeah, my boy Skelet is going to watch this at one point, and he ruined the entire WCBT finals for me the year previous. So while I was driving home from there, because I was there for the Gallagher Cup. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, literally, like, once my phone hit service again, it was like, so-and-so beat so-and-so, so-and-so beat so-and-so. Uh -huh. Boom, boom, boom. I'm like, oh, Jay, come on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched it. I still obviously watched it. It was cool to watch, but I'm like, I know who wins this. I know Didn't we wins. get everyone to sign, like, confidentiality waivers or something, too? No, we, yeah. we announced oh, it. No, I'm throwing no. him under the bus, so he'll probably be texting. That's all right. That's he's a, he's no, back in Manitoba with you, so you're fine. He, he's, like, eight hours away. So oh. <laughs> he wants to come punch me in the mouth. It's going to cost him about 150 bucks and gas. <laughs> oh man uh, that's awesome yeah you're right palmer i might have to uh, mute tim for the rest of the podcast so he doesn't oh. blow up anybody else's <laughs> i don't even know what's going on but it just you know it just makes common sense so it's common sense so you're predicting a karen okay. win over me is that what you're saying well, like, you just talked about how you haven't made a cut on tour compared that was, to the person that was who was on probably tour. one of the best on tour, huh? That was on tour. And there wasn't a cut. It, it was, was in cut. I just Yeah, got the Ryan's already in. Games. Yeah, yeah like, okay. Ryan's so like, that. I'm going to start so, a so tournament. Wait, time out, Ryan. This way I can play. <laughs> so I get to play. I get to play. Okay, I got it. Yes, I, I got it. So you, wait, can I, I, I bet you 20 turn? bucks who won that game, like, before we watch it? <laughs> or won that match? Yeah, put your money where your mouth is, Tim. I mean, whatever. Like, you're pretty confident, so yeah, yeah I like how this works. Yeah, I'm just here for the extortion. So, <laughs> spoiler, spoiler. So, uh, we might as well move to some special guest questions. We'll get off uh, Tim's spoiler comments here. Um, so, Ken, um, did you have a mentor growing up in the bowling community? So. You get lots of time listening to the podcast, thinking about how you're going to answer these questions, right? But <laughs> yeah. uh, I had so many uh, bowling heroes growing up. So mentors a little bit different, but I, I, I probably have a, a list of 50 names of people that I looked up to. Um, so I'm not going to name all of them, don't worry. But, uh, but, Come on, but just from, could be like all the rest of the guests. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to try and limit it to, to three names. So. I want to thank God and Mary <laughs> and the three wise men. <laughs> this ain't the Super Bowl. 
so, so the, the first people, obviously, that taught me the game, it's not that much different than uh, most of the guests or my parents. So uh, lots of people know my dad, Bob. Uh, mm -hmm. He's been to, to tons of nationals. He's had lots of success coaching. But I learned a, an awful lot from my mom as well um, growing up. She was also a, a not quite open-level bowler, but but pushing it uh, to 20 kind of average at her peak. And uh, a talented player, so I learned from from both of them uh, a lot. Um, and then as I I got older, uh, my uncle Randy, uh, Randy McFarland. So some people don't realize we're we're even related, but uh, I've been able to go nationals with with Randy uh, a number of times, four or five for sure. And uh, I, I patterned my bowling, uh, especially when I was a teenager, after him. Uh, so I learned a lot there. And then probably the third person uh, is Laurie Stevenson from, from Minnedosa. Uh, really the mental game. And, uh, you know, I, I still wish I was better at it like her. But uh, we've, we've had so many conversations uh, in the past about bowling. And I've learned uh, an awful lot. Anything that I can, that I say I've done well, you know, is from, from those four people. So, uh, and, and then... Of course, you know, all the people that I watched growing up from, from everywhere. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, very cool name drops. Um, obviously, we know Bob and a few of them throughout the community. So it's very cool. Um, same question to you, Ryan. Uh, well, you all obviously know my dad. He's been out there for uh, well, 18 plus years now, I think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he put me in it at a very young age and uh he coached YBC here for probably 25 years and he always seemed to coach an open team here and kind of kept me, kept, he was always my drive. Like he, again, like Ken said, like his mom, uh, he was probably never better than like a 220 average bowler, but uh, the mental side and loved coaching the game. Uh, yeah. I would probably credit my dad with at least keep me in it. Rick Stewart was a proprietor. Ken would remember Rick, obviously. Yeah. He was the proprietor of Thompson Lanes for he kind of taught me how I bowl now. I used to bowl like a five step uh like hook shot till I was like 12 years old. And he's like, stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Pulled me aside one day and put me in like a three-step backup. And I think my average went up like 35 pins that season when I was like 12 or 13. And from there, like I said, uh I don't know how familiar you guys would be, Carrie, maybe like with the Nick D Virgilios and uh, yeah. the Doug Whalens, uh, John DeChambeau has been to Nationals, Daryl Cater. Uh, there was tons of great bowlers at a Thompson. The men's team from Manitoba North actually won the uh, 1996 National Championships in Newfoundland. So, uh, yeah, we've actually had a pretty decorated past here. Unfortunately, like we, Thompson Lanes closed 10 years ago. We have Nick's Bowling Center here still. Uh, it's only got six lanes, and I would say my average is probably 30 pins higher than the next player that plays. Like, we get some people come out to the open and stuff, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely not the same as it was when I was growing up. But but uh, it's still alive here, barely, but uh, we're, we're hanging on. Like I said, if, if this place ever closed, I think the closest place I could go bowl is about six hours away. So Crazy. That's, that's insane. So, uh We'll stick with you, Ryan. Um, this may be biased now since you've created your own one, but what's your favorite tournament? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I, lo I love the Open. Like I said, I loved it growing up. I've taken a couple breaks from it as Ken. I've been playing against Ken since we were probably 16, 17 years old in Manitoba. And then 
playing with him the last few years. We obviously made a national team together last year, and it was an awesome experience. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It is like it. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was super fun playing you guys last year. Yeah, it was a oh good yeah. Time. Well, I was gonna say too. If you want like another career highlight, I actually took a point off the universal champion of Five Pin Universe at nationals. So that, that, that maybe that's my highlight from last year. Hey, Brad. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for the gift. Appreciate it. <laughs> keep keep killing guys because I nominated him to bowl in this thing, and he hasn't lost since. So. That sounds like uh, you deserve a cup. I already talked to him about it. He said maybe, but no. <laughs> he's a he's a hell of a kid and a hell of a player. So like, it's nice to see him uh, see him run through these guys. He's a uh, he's one of the best. So yeah, totally for sure. Uh, Ken, for you, favorite tournament? So so probably anybody that uh, that knows me fairly well knows uh, the Open is uh, it's it's my favorite to me. It's uh, without disparaging any of the other events because the you know the talent level and the, what it takes to win in uh masters or the wcbt events it's you know it's the highest level uh no doubt but but for me growing up uh the national championship you know the sport governing bodies national championship is the open and for me that's uh that, that's my number one event uh i i got so many great memories and uh, successes and defeats and when I was a kid hoping that I could qualify for one of those teams with my heroes and and being able to bowl with some of them and yeah it's uh it's one for me anyways oh no. yeah say, say it's pretty surreal the first time you're you're a kid and you make a team with uh with these guys you've grown up idolizing uh, for for me it took three tries out of Manitoba North to make my first uh like to make even the cut like the top 10 or whatever so I think mixed team used to be seven players back then or whatever when it went to nationals. But yeah, like getting to getting to play with the likes of like Daryl Cater and Doug Whalen and Nick DiVirgilio and like I said, these guys taught me all about the game and like being you can't believe you're on the team with them when you get to that point when you're a kid, right? So I'm sure you guys in Alberta probably had the same experiences with like Bruce or Gino or totally. whatever. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. No, the the open um it's kind of a a common note across all the guests it's either the masters or the open right it's kind of what you grew up with i think in the in the center you play in um what's more promoted um in our area um the open was obviously the the biggest promotion but i didn't get my first success till the masters so that's why i favor the masters but that's just because i made it first that's all I, I would love to play Masters more. I would be all in on all the tournaments if I could be, but geographically, it's uh, it's yeah. not worth the time and the money. It's uh, it's a seven and a half hour drive each way for me to to Winnipeg or Brandon. Brandon's even further, and I mean, I can't really see anywhere else hosting it. So it's it's tough for me as a competitive bowler. I would love to, but I just can't make it work. The Open's nice because you know you got to dedicate a couple weekends here or there. You can book time off work, but when you need like, and you guys do two on a weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. here, it's like six separate tournaments on six separate weekends. So it's, I, I don't think it was always like that. I bowled one season of Masters actually. I ended up having like a bad tournament, like the fourth or fifth tournament, and I just said it wasn't worth it for me to make the drive for the six, which what which wasn't met with that much popularity. But I mean, if you know you're not going to make it, why invest the four or five hundred dollars it's going to take me to go down there and, and 15, 15 hour round trip. Right. So, yeah, yeah I, I would love to play, but like I said, geographically, it just doesn't work out for me. So, no, no, fair enough. 
All right, Ken. Um, do you have a favorite or best match of your career? Um, yeah, you'd think I'd be more ready for this after all this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got some memorable matches. It seems like the ones that I remember the most are the ones where I came up on the short end. Um, my very first Open uh, Provincials, we were in the finals against uh, Manitoba North. Oh, is uh, this the, yeah. Yeah, Ryan, no spoiler. Ryan, Ryan it's not, the story. It's not a spoiler. It I actually wasn't on this team, so but I was there. Uh, so, uh, so we, we came right down to I, I was uh, it was my rookie year, so I think 1998, not old, but uh, uh, we were playing against the North. We were we qualified first, so we had to be uh, you know beaten twice to be eliminated. But we were in the second match, and I came right down to the the tenth frame, and we were. Uh, I was bowling against uh, Doug Whalen, uh, and I know Ryan already mentioned him, but uh, Doug's a master singles national champion. And he, he is one of my favorite bowlers growing up, and uh, I think he banged out in 10 and I punched. And so, uh, you know, we didn't get to go to nationals, but just that, I guess it's sort of a negative, but the, the, that feeling of the disappointment at the time and thinking you might never get another chance, uh, which obviously... You know, I was lucky enough to get a lot more chances, but uh, but yeah, that that one always sticks out in my mind. So I don't know if that makes it a favorite match, but it's certainly a, a most memorable. Yeah, it's a definitely a memorable one if it sticks in your head like that. And I think everybody kind of has one of those. You have you have some of the wins, but they don't seem to be as um, um, as clear in your memory as the losses, right? Yeah, and probably yeah. I, I'll add to it just a little bit. So. I, the, the opposite in some ways is uh, in 2017 in Sudbury uh, at Open Nationals, we won uh, one gold as part of the Manitoba mixed team, which was, I mean, it's a, it's a lifelong, you know, kind of fantasy dream. But uh, I get to play against uh, Harvey Poxa in, uh, in both the, the matches and the finals. And Harvey's one of my, uh, he's just one of my f- favorite guys that I met through bowling. I met him at that first tournament in 2000 at, uh, uh, at the hotel, but when, when we played the the Rose Bowl, and uh, he was nothing but a gentleman and a nice guy to me then. And, He's a uh, wonderful human being. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm sure it's not his favorite moment because it didn't work out for him, right? But uh, to have have two really great matches against a guy I respect so much, and and to have come out, I threw well, and and it worked out for us, and so that the whole tournament, but. Uh, right down on the finish. That was really memorable for me too. No, for sure. And you, Ryan? Uh, it's tough to say. Like, no, like Tom <laughs> Lane's like back in his day and Ken can attest to it. Like we had such a good base of like great bowlers that we held a lot of tournaments during the year. We used to have a city singles tournament and there, it was like scratch. I can't remember if it was three game matches or maybe there was a qualifier and then it went to like a A and B side sort of thing. But I entered it when I was 17 years old and made it all the way to the final. And I had all my friends there. Like they, A lot of them were 18, so they're drinking, cheering me on and stuff and end up in the final against, uh, I don't know if you remember Sam McClellan. Ken? No? I don't he know bowled a I few times. Sam that well. But uh, I bowled against him in the final. And I can't remember how I finished, but I was up. <laughs> and he punched a three pin. And basically, if he hit, cleared like a 10 or something, he beat me. And he threw it through the hole on his last shot. 
And we had the automatic scoring, all my friends seen it. And there's probably like eight of them there, man. I won. And as like a 17 year old, I think I made like a thousand bucks between the, uh, you know, the buy-in and the investment seminar or whatever, you know, what we call it, used, used to call it back in the day. But my friends all picked me up like on their shoulders and carried me around the bowling alley. Like, what the hell's going on, man? I was blown away, like, I, and I couldn't drink at that time because I was so I'm stone sober, and I got all these drunk morons carrying me around, and I was like, man, maybe I can make something out of this. Like, that's was, super cool, actually. On the uh, other end of that coin, I once made—I uh, don't know if it, it must have been City Singles again against Daryl Cater. We bowled the final around midnight. We were both blacked out, drunk. <laughs> And the next day I had to ask someone who won and apparently I won. I wish it was on film, but we were both stumbling around. Like I, I don't even, and it's terrible. I know for bowling, but uh, yeah, I managed to win a city singles blacked out as well. So it's kind of fun. But. Hey, so sorry, Pat, if you're watching. Oh, he, he was probably there. He might've been the one that told me how I did. I don't know. I used to show up for our Sunday match play league, still drunk from Saturday night, and I'd shoot like 900s of guys for three games, and they'd be like, get this drunk kid out of here. <laughs> what time What time was your match play at? Because if you I tell think... me it was at night, then that's a problem. No, it was 10 at 10 a.m., I think. So. Uh, okay. And then, and right. then 11 o'clock, the bar opened, so we could all start drinking again about an hour into the match play league, so it was kind of nice. <laughs> uh, hey, Ryan, we'll stick on you. So what's in your arsenal? What rocks are you uh, chucking? I'm very bad at specifications. I actually had Kenny weigh them and uh, size them for me, I think, last year, but I can't remember what he said. I throw purple star <laughs> lines. They're like medium, medium weight, I guess. I don't know. And I got a, <laughs> I got a shitty pair of Dexters off of eBay for about 80 bucks from like California a few years ago when I got back into the game. I really need to uh, upgrade that for sure. Cause your star I, lines will be three, eight. Okay. I don't Almost know. guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, they're that then. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> no, I actually have two sets of the exact same. They were both my kids' bowling balls. And when Thompson Lanes closed in 2010, uh, I was I always used their house balls. I don't even know what they were, but they were my favorite bowling balls. And when the place closed, my dumb ass didn't think, hey man, can I buy a set of these? No, I just they got sold to somewhere in Saskatchewan, I think. And yeah, I've never seen them again. If I could find a set of those bowling balls, man, I'd pay top dollar because like those things were great. Like, I don't, I don't know what, what they, they were. They were, like? they were like green and white house balls. I don't know the weight. Like they're probably similar to what my star lines are now, but not at all. Well, I mean, I mean this. The, no, no, I mean like the weight, maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe. But if they're like, green and white, they're probably just paramounts. Yeah, I have no clue. Like I said, I never, you know, all this stuff, the technical side of bowling, man, I was just a guy that grabbed a ball, went up there and chucked it most of my life. Like I said, the last couple of years have actually really made me realize what it takes to step it up a notch. You know, like I said, I've tried to put in the work a little bit more because you can't just rely on natural talent, obviously, against you guys, man. Like, it's crazy, these 270 cuts and stuff. I've never seen anything like it before. So something to strive towards. I mean, you got you got to change your game to, to keep up, right? Totally. Yeah, Kenny. Yeah, so as far as bowling balls, I was always when I was a kid. Every birthday and every Christmas present was a set of bowling balls. So I I don't even know how many I I've owned uh, thirty or forty probably. But uh, the last number of years since I owned the center and and hardly leave the center. Uh, I throw house balls. I, I throw some black speckled Paramount house balls. The, uh, yeah. A lot of the time at, at home right now with COVID, we're, we're trying to keep 
separate colors and everything for people to choose from. So uh, I pretty much grab what's up there. When, when I go other places, um, if, if anybody's seen me bowl, I, I've got a fair amount of, of backup on my shot and I, I don't manage to throw very hard. Um, I can hardly throw hard. If, fair if amount of to. backup. <laughs> Quite a bit of rotation. It's a, so. ton, it's a ton of backup, Ken. Come on. So de depending on the lane conditions, I can see a, you know, a difference of maybe six or seven boards of movement at the finish, um, depending on the ball. So if, if there's not a lot of oil in the lanes, I generally throw some fairly light old house balls uh, to try to try to keep it straight. Um, in in 2000. I'm going to say 14, but I could be wrong on that by a year. Um, might have been 2013. We were in, in Newfoundland for Open Nationals. 13, yeah. 13, yeah, 2013, yeah. And my luggage uh, got lost. So I didn't have my own lightweight ones. And, and my experience in Newfoundland, I've been lucky enough to bowl there uh, uh, twice for, for Open Nationals, but is that there's not a lot of oil in the lanes. And I, I really struggled with that, not having, uh, having my own balls. But... Uh, so yeah, I, I generally bring a, a bag that that has runs the gamut from stuff that I don't think is going to move very much to stuff generally soft rolls in the other end. I was just going to ask uh, by bag, do you mean grocery bag like Stu Ryan, or like <laughs> do you use a luggage bag? Yeah. Or <laughs> I, I do have a, I think it's a ten pin two ball bag with a insert that uh, way back. I think the first time I went to to St. John's, I bowled singles, but uh, uh, Scott Barber was uh, running his his pro shop back then, and he sponsored us all with a bag, which was really kind. So I still use that bag a lot of times to take my balls around. So that had to be the Glenn Howarth Provincials, then, no? That uh, I guess it would be. Yeah. Was that was that your only single? That is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think Glenn needed a pocket shot to beat Ken or something, and he ended up getting a split and losing by I don't remember what it One. was. Was it one pin? Yes. Like he got a split on the last Surreal. ball. If it was any other carry, Ken would have lost singles to <laughs> to uh, to Glenn, and it was yeah, yeah. wild to watch. I remember watching and being like, "Oh my god!" Like that's the one thing he couldn't do: punch or get a split, and got to hit the middle to win, and it just didn't work out for him. So that's great. I thought it was more than like one pin. I thought maybe it was like three uh, or four, but it's just one. Yeah. Wow. There's a there's a few of those stories around, right? Like. Um, Obviously, you're on the you're on the good side of it, but uh, Lenny and Seth won the Regina Classic by throwing aces on the last ball to win by one. Oh wow! Uh, unreal, like just anything on the side of the middle. Hopefully, corner pin, but hits it dead on the beak and gets aces out of it. Crazy. Good left-handed roll. It must be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's crazy how often a game comes down to one, right? And. I mean, you got yeah. a team game, five players, you're talking 50 frames and one shot. And we, we were on the uh, the lousy end of that, I think in 2012, our, our central men's team against Winnipeg. And uh, the video has been shared a number of times on social media, but Scotty Barber banged out uh, in 10, needed every strike um, and, and beat us by one. And I mean, the, the electricity and the, you know, <laughs> in the, yeah. the building is so intense and i mean it's a great moment so you don't want to be on the bad side of it but uh yeah one pin that and happens yeah. to all of us though man it sure. probably happened to everybody yeah. on here and probably everybody watching at some point right so yeah 
Yeah, Maybe me sure. more than others with the losing side, but hey, I love bowling. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the exact reason why we need to have those team events and stream them. For sure. That's what the world needs to see is those moments where like the electricity is in the building and yeah, it just goes crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just to have those records just for people to see again, right? Like everybody has the stories, but you really can't imagine what it was like till you see it, right? Right. Well, I said you could say anything on here really without, you know, obviously there wasn't video evidence of any of this for the first (laughs) how many years of the sport, right? Yeah. So just most people fact just, check me, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But all we can go by is what what we saw, right? Or where we were to see these things. And yeah, like I said, we've all been on the good side and the bad side of these moments. Probably throwing that last ball in ten. Like I need a strike to win. Well, yeah. there's the three lane walk off from Kyle. That's I think exactly yeah, that's at least three, at least three lanes. Yeah, yeah, might have been eight or nine. I don't <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Um. Obviously, bucket lists. Ken, we'll start with you. Um, so at this point in uh, my career, as it were, um, I don't have a lot left that, uh, you know, I'd be disappointed if, if it didn't happen. But I, I'd like to, to get to a level where I'm, I'm making a cut or two on the, on the tour. Um, I don't know that it'll happen, but, uh, that's, that's still a goal for me. Um, you know, any, any good stuff that happens, I'm going to appreciate and enjoy at this point, but, uh, but I don't, I don't have anything that I would feel incomplete if I didn't, didn't right. achieve at this point. Well, all I have to say is age doesn't matter. Cause look at Gino, he's still making cuts and he, sure. it's unreal. So any of those people, I think they don't have the, the time to figure it out and get back on the tour. You're sadly mistaken. If you if you've had it at one point in your life, you can get it back again. Hundred percent. I actually bowled a master stop uh, two years ago when I was visiting my kid in Winnipeg or whatever. I you know as a guest, you can play one tournament or whatever. So I played one at St James Lanes, and Jeff Bourne was playing. So I went over and talked to him, and me and him had had some matches when I was younger when he was playing for Winnipeg, and I was on Manitoba North. Love him, like one of the best bowlers I've ever played against, witnessed. Mm-hmm. And I told him all these times I've walked away from the game. I've probably lost, you know, eight or nine years over the years where I haven't got to be competitive. And I told him, I said, maybe I've wasted my prime. Like maybe I'm never going to get to a, to another level and which I would love to do. And he looked at me and he just said, Ryan, I just won my first master's national singles gold at like age 59. Like you're 41 or whatever at this time, you got tons of time left in this game to do something. So yeah. Kind of nice to hear that and be like, yeah, you know what? I mean, this is a game you can still play at a high level when you're 50, 60, you know, maybe. Jerry Sayer was like our alternate at Nationals last year. Like he shot like a 370 his last game of qualifying. And I don't know what he, how old is he now, Ken? Like 87, 88 years old? Like I, I don't know for sure, but uh, it, uh, he's unbelievable. And I, I know oh, he's, like, he's sort of started to step away now, but uh, oh, I mean, <laughs> blew my mind. I mean... I don't know how old he would have been when I first started watching him, but I grew up as a little kid watching Jerry and right. And he's probably my age or he might even been a little bit more. And it's like, wow. Yeah. And he 44 consecutive open provincials or something like that. And it's like crazy. Yeah. You know, it's, and like I said, I, just unbelievable. Yeah. Sorry. 
And he looked he looked pretty good for his age, to be honest with you, too. For sure. For sure. And like yeah. I said, the last I can't remember how many games we threw at Provincials last year. If it was it eighteen? Sixteen? Twelve, I think. It was only twelve last year? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Again, I drink. <laughs> like I said, we're, we're looking at the standings the last couple games. And I mean, some of us need to do a bit of stuff to, you know, cement their spots to go to national because we had like a national, like an all-star team or whatever. Like it was the top six qualifiers made the team. Yeah. And watching Jerry the last like game and a half. And then I kind of look over and he's got like a six bagger starting the last game. And I'm going, I'm looking at this sheet. Like, where's Jerry on here? Like, is he moving up? And like, I think he might've ended up like eighth or something. Like he actually uh, jumped up. Right the there. Yeah. And like I said, he's like, <laughs> I don't know his age, but he's got to be like between 85 and 88 years old. Like I'm, yeah, it's I, wild, I, uh, wild to see that. Like, that's my, awesome. my rookie year in the Open was 2003, and Jerry won singles. I think it was the second last. I think he won maybe the following year. It doesn't really matter. But uh, in 2003, he won. We were in Brandon, and CKX was the television station in Brandon. They don't have their own TV station anymore, but they did a piece on Jerry. And it was amazing that introduced, you know, I, I believe it was he may be 69 years old, but challenge Jerry Sayer to a game of five pin bowling and you will lose. <laughs> and that was pretty much it. And then he's throwing, and underneath it says Living Legend, which is perfect. But that was 17 years ago, and he's still. <laughs> you know, if he shows up, he could be very competitive. And that 17 years ago, right? So that's amazing. Blew me away. Yeah, and he actually lived up here for for a yeah. few years. I can't remember. Like, I would have been super young when he lived in Thompson. But, yeah, he, he lived up here for a few years and made teams. And, like I said, Ken said, what, 44 consecutive provincials he made? Something, or something? like that. I, I, I think that this last year he didn't – I mean, we didn't have provincials anyhow, but uh, I don't think he tried out. But he made it every year since they went from Western Canadians to provincials, every single year. And – uh I mean, he was making Western Canadians before that. So, I mean, probably 50 years or, or more of top-level competitive bowling. It's crazy, right? It's a, it's a heck of a career. I mean, that's, like I said, just what I witnessed last year, man, is crazy. Like, just yeah. to see that still, like, I should expect it by now for all the years we've bowled against him. But you're like, oh, yeah, if he shoots like a 450, he might make the national team, you know, and he shoots yeah. like a 330 or something. I, I think he was bowling against me that game. and. Oh. Uh, and that whole CKX and you will lose. I've really taken it to heart when I played yeah, oh, yeah. Jerry. So. Yeah. Having flashbacks to 17 years ago. Oh, no. I like, I like to keep that to myself that I can't beat Jerry, but I, I'm, hopefully nobody takes advantage of me at next provincials and puts me against him again. There you go. <laughs> Everyone has one person. Uh, yeah, Everyone I, has that person. I have that too. I have another Jerry I can't beat either, so that's okay. <laughs> oh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Bourne, like I said, he, he'd be my Jerry. I bowled him so many times and probably lost 300 to 290 every time because you just, you're behind a couple pins. He just won't let you catch up. You could each run out a six bagger at the end and he's still going to be on the good side of it. So I can't honestly say I've ever taken a point off of him in any provincial I've ever played him. So huh. crazy. Hmm. Um, so I guess last question from us or from me, I guess. Um, if you were to pick anybody past or present or future to bowl a match against for all the money, who would it be? What? You can go first, Ryan. 
Oh, geez. I got to think, man. You go first for once. <laughs> That's why I was letting you go first. <laughs> um, boy, you know, um, pro- probably my uh, my favorite bowler in the, in the zone, uh, you know, growing up was Bobby Greider. So Laurie Stevenson's brother. Uh, I got, I never really got to play him head to head, although we did our, our qualifying for the Open and uh, but he is he is one of my heroes growing up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Bob in this case. It, I could list a hundred people again, but uh, I would have liked to see uh, the radar gun on one of his shots. Didn't he throw about 160 kilometers an hour? Like he threw some power for a guy that grew up in the free fall era for sure. Right. Uh, a ton of he he probably had as much you know backup on the ball as me, but threw it twice as fast, so it, it right. didn't move the same way. Oh yeah, no, I remember watching him. Uh, destroy everyone for a for a good period of time in manitoba oh, yeah, as well yeah. so yeah and that's not to say that that maybe uh there aren't you know a, a ton of players who aren't uh aren't amazing out there that I'd, I'd love to play against but but i'm gonna pick bobby in this one no i can pick one sorry ken there you go yeah <laughs> well yeah i said for me personally like i said i Ken wants to see you know a local central boy i would say probably nick de virgilio here and like i said uh Maybe the Wisemans didn't get much of a chance to see him compete in his heyday, but he made a couple national teams with Kenny, I think. Uh, we, we played against him in 2013. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Was it 13 yeah. and 14 he was on the team with you guys? Yeah, that's right. But he's 77 years old now, and he was knocking me out of national team spots then and uh, loves the game, like very displays all his achievements in the bowling alley here. Like it's his bowling alley. So I guess you can do whatever you want. But, <laughs> awesome. but in, in, in his heyday, I would love to test myself against oh, him yeah. like in his prime because he was, I don't, I don't want to say unbeatable, but he was very close to being unbeatable in his prime. Like I once watched him, I bowled on his uh, men's team when I was 17 at Thompson lanes. And he asked me to stay in the, like watch him roll off, I think, after league once. And he ran 18 strikes in a row. So I think he finished one game with eight in a row and opened the next with 10 in a row. And he shot like a 1080 triple or something for a roll off. And I'm like, that's not even human. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like he's, uh, like I said, he's 77 years old now. He's uh, he's lost a step. He hasn't bowled really in three years, but uh, loves the game. Like encourages our YBC program here. Lets the kids bowl for free a lot. Lets me play for free, which is uh, awesome of him. And yeah, I, w- I would have loved to have, have a shot at him in his prime and in something serious. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was really special for me too, is getting to play with Nick with, you know, the match of the North zone uh, folded. And then it was a few years before the guys were able to play again uh, as part of M5, but uh, Thompson essentially became part of our zone. So having a chance to bowl it with Nick was, uh, I remember watching him on TV when I was really little and, uh, he's just nothing but a, a gentleman to, to me too. A nice, nice guy, nothing but nice stuff to say makes you feel, feel good. And one of my heroes. Absolutely. Nick's a great guy. Well, I said when he made that, uh, when he made that national team with you guys, uh, back in 2013 or whatever it was just seeing him break down, like after you guys won it, like he was physically crying, like a seven year old man crying on the lanes and I kind of went up to him gave him a hug and I said like what's the matter Nick and he's like Ryan I honestly didn't believe I'd ever have the opportunity to play at a national championship again and now it's come and he couldn't believe it he was so overcome by emotion in the moment like it was honestly one of my favorite things to ever see on a bowling lane and 
Yeah, we That's were just cool. talking about Jerry and uh, without uh, ageism here or whatever. <laughs> I mean, Jerry, uh, I keep talking about his age, but uh, Nick wasn't a young guy, but his accuracy no. and he, oh, he was never a power bowler, right? No, he's opposite no. of Bobby Grider. At, yeah. You know, just as accurate, but yeah. Slow but ball he could repeat the same shock. Oh, yeah, like amazing. every ball was the exact same in the same pocket. And like I said, it was... Like I said, in his prime, he was a machine. Like it was, it wasn't fair to bowl against him. Like I said, I'd love to right. test myself against, against that Nick. You know, yeah, great choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. hmm. Very cool. Well, I kind of want to turn the tables here a little bit on you guys. Um, do you have any questions for any of us? Uh, geez, yeah. questions well, for you guys. Uh, podcast over. Let's move. Yeah. On. <laughs> so Dexter, what's happening to AGD? You alluded that they're getting rid of those cans. Is that what you said on before? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, 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 so this is a yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it, Carrie. Jeez. Uh, AGD is the best thing ever. Hang on to that, Carrie. That could be vintage here right away. Oh, uh, no. they're, they're I think I got a dozen them, left. Um, are no longer making the pop tops. So, uh, yeah. But they're hoping to sell a patent to a different company and hopefully they can get them back. But uh, yeah, we, we told our big rock guy today that we're moving from into a different company now. <laughs> well, no, like I said, like I said, I went and visited my dad in August and Red Deer there. And, you know, you guys went on about it, drinking it on the podcast and blah, blah, blah. Oh, how good could this be? Ripped off the first top. Oh my God, this is such an innovation. <laughs> Why is it every beer like this? Like that's that's right. I, pro I probably ended up buying like 48 of them in 11 days just to drink at my dad's house because I just, oh, it comes right off. <laughs> you know, <laughs> who knew? I thought, thought there'd be like a tab option. I never really got to look, but yeah, you got to rip the whole thing off and drink it like a cup. That's it's right. like straight out of a soup can. Yeah, that's, that's how we roll yeah. in Thompson. So that's, uh, that's how I like it. <laughs> Awesome. So, so I got a question here. So uh, obviously, uh, Carrie, you're, you're coming up with ideas and saying, you know, somebody should do that. And you're, you're saying, well, I guess it's going to be me. And, mm -hmm. uh, and Tim and Dexter, you're running a bowling center. And, and Tim, you're uh, president of A5. And, and the, there's all the WCBT stuff. So obviously, your, your plates are full. But if there was something else that you could add you know if, if you felt you had the time what's what's the next thing uh i think i think for me anyways uh it is to work on the the betting side of the game uh because i really me personally i i just feel like that is just a huge avenue for us worldwide to try to get our sport exposure so for me that's that would be a long-term goal for me for sure I, I'll answer Tim's here. Uh, there's only a couple more president spots left, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tim for C5 president. <laughs> Tim yeah. from Masters president. Tim, no. Tim, no. Tim, Tim. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I don't, I don't know what else I would. I, I would probably, uh, Ken, if you, if you, if I answer correctly, I'd probably be. If I, if I had my choice. I mean, all we all have our choices, but we we are, and as you can probably, if I say this politically correct, 
Um, oh, don't ever no. paraphrase. No, don't no. say that before you say something. <laughs> <laughs> if I can say this, we're all on we're all on boards, and sometimes we feel like maybe we're on boards and we're 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 uh, stale sometimes, and but we stick on boards for longer than we we attend to because we feel like there's nobody to to supersede us, right? Um, I would probably be not on boards. I would probably be more on um, trying to help out carry with five pin universe and maybe uh, try new, new, new different avenues with that. And, uh, and try to, uh, it just, it's, um, it just, there's a little bit more uh, freedom, I guess you can say. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, and I think we can be a little bit more creative with things and not that I don't enjoy the other things. I just think that's, uh, um, I like the freedom and creativity uh, with all the other stuff, right? So, like, like podcast, right? Yeah, I think that's that's a great question, Ken. Um, and I don't want to forebode my future or whatever, but I think my side is even to take a step back from the WCBT side of things and move more towards the media side. Um, I've been lucky enough that Five Pin Universe has landed a contract with A Five to live stream their events. So oh, cool. um, to get that opportunity, it takes, as Ken knows, it takes a lot of time to learn how to run it properly and how to, uh, how to do stuff at different venues and stuff like that. So it takes a lot of time and you already have a full-time job. So being a part of a board and then trying to run a media company to help push the sport, it, it's a lot. And, uh, the Wiseman twins know more than any. I have chat messages and with every day and me, Tim go at each other probably two every second day. So hey, uh, that, that's a better ratio than me and Tim. Yeah. <laughs> he knows, he better, knows better the stress than level. seven minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he obviously knows the stress level as mm -hmm. every, as everybody that is involved with it is under the high stress, stress the whole sure. time. So, for sure. so yeah, yeah, I think well, that's, that's kind of the next step is the, to, to move towards a media side. Um, I think the WCBT is on a huge track and they got a great board and I definitely help with the media and stuff like that, but it might be, might be time in the next few years to take a step down, but we'll see. You never know what this whole COVID thing that could shake everything up and everything's different. I'm sure you guys are uh, used to it by now, but let me just rain down the appreciation for the job you guys have done. You know, the last couple of years being back in the game and what you three and Adam with the podcast, you know, I listened to the first one, however long ago it was. I can't remember when the first one, that was like a five pin bowling podcast. Like seriously, like how can yeah. this even be a little bit entertaining? Even as a bowler, how could this be entertaining? And I honestly look forward to it. I love you know, obviously I'm a goof in the comments and I like to make people <laughs> laugh and uh, <laughs> Carrie put me on here this week just so I wouldn't write stuff about adult sites and whatever <laughs> other nonsense <laughs> I put in there last week when I was drinking. But uh, yeah, no, like I, I can't speak for Ken, but personally, like, thank you guys for everything you do yeah. for the game. I mean, I super appreciate it. So I guess here's a little deep insight. Um, and not a lot of people probably know when we first started this podcast, there happened to be another podcast that started up at the same time that we didn't even know was going to be a thing. Right. And uh, that was kind of the worry at that time. I, a five pin bowling podcast may not be viable anyways, but to have two at the same time didn't seem realistic. And unfortunately the other one shut down. I really wish they would have kept trying to go, but um, that was Ontario based. Yeah, I do believe so. Yeah. Okay. I wish, I wish that there was more, 
more of that going on, more media, not only five pin universe. I wish there was an East coast five pin universe or something to that effect. Right. For sure. Yeah. I'm sure like, uh, again, as probably Ken can attest to like the technical side of it that you guys seem to both be so good at. I mean, there's probably not too many people that could, could grasp what it takes to be able to put one of these out because it's, it, it's so much like, yeah, it, so said, a lot of lot of time and personal funds, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> and like I said, like I said, anyone, like I said, I'm cheap. I I donate the two bucks a month or whatever it is. But I mean, if you know, all however many people watch this, if all a hundred listeners or viewers would donate that two bucks a month, I mean, I'm sure it would go a long way in helping this continue. And you know, it's great for bowling. I'd hate to see it end. So. Yeah, we we've been really lucky that uh, decide to start up a Patreon because that seemed like. Um, kind of the going thing i follow a lot of podcasts and that kind of stuff and that was kind of hitting the mainstream when we were starting this whole thing so we're we're lucky enough that we do have a few patreon supporters that it helps cover the costs and now we got all-star bowling that's uh sponsoring some of the podcasts and stuff like that so we're offsetting our costs pretty much even so it's been really good and now that with this a5 contract maybe we can do some more stuff and we're gonna move this on to only fans (laughs) <laughs> i'm i'm not posing sorry yeah <laughs> but i mean obviously this this isn't a for-profit thing like this is just for your enjoyment of the game and everyone's enjoyment of five pin bowling and like i said it's uh you're not here to make money you're just here to you know help the wow. game still cool go forward right obviously it takes a bit of money to put things like this on right i'm, I'm sure where it gets tough for for you carrie is i mean the just buying the tech to to be able to do it and you learn every time you do something you're like oh man if i had yeah. this then it would be you know it'd be so much more professional right so oh i, I tell you i'm eyeing uh, up a piece a couple pieces of equipment i just gotta save up for 12 months and maybe i can get it <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely know the feeling <laughs> well even like i said ken said before we uh we filmed the the thing in carmen like he tested all the equipment at home he had three cameras yeah i see his face there so he had three yeah. cameras going Sean and I went to Carmen the evening before to try to help him in any way we could. Like, we don't know, you know, jack shit about that aspect <laughs> of the game. So really, like, what can we do? But yeah, Ken was happy. Oh, all three cameras work. And then the one was the one on the lane wouldn't wouldn't register to his thing after everything. So we ended up having to scrap one of the three cameras and just yeah. go with two. Right. So, yeah, yeah the, the worst part is like testing everything. Oh, audio is going to be awesome. And then you find out audio crapped out and. Right, it's not good, and uh, that, yeah. that's the worst worst case scenario, and I hate it. You have no no idea how many times I'm I'm streaming and I'm listening. Yeah, sound levels seem good, but then it turns out you know system audio is playing too, so it's you know I'm getting an echo and I'm getting messages on Facebook from people trying to help out. Right, the, the sounds terrible. I'm like I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, and, and every event, it, it feels like everything I learn. Then by the time we do the next one, five months later, I've forgotten half of it yeah. and it, it happens all over again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd also like to say, and I haven't said it yet this evening, but uh, for the, for the bowling we did a few weeks ago, can we at least give a shout out to big Willie's pizza and Carmen? Can we do that? There's literally a place called big Willie's pizza and Carmen and it's amazing. And apparently they've come on as a sponsor to release this, which is double amazing. So, have they actually? Yeah, uh, Big Willie's is in. B- 
Big Willie's is in. <laughs> Great choice of words. So, so like I said, if you're ever in, if you're ever in Carmen, man, put some Big Willie's in your mouth. It's you won't regret it. You won't regret it. Best sausage in town. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. we almost made an entire podcast without being like filthy. So here we are. That's not really filthy. It's the name of a legitimate business. Absolutely, I totally agree with you. <laughs> it's an amazing Perfect. name. <laughs> well, guys, uh, we're going to end it here. Feel free to stay on the line here, and we'll talk to you a little bit after the podcast. But uh, just want to thank Ken and Ryan jumping on last second yeah. to be a part of uh, our 72nd podcast. Um, it's unreal that we've done this 72 times. Thank, yeah. you guys. thank you very much, guys. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, really guys. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, that's great. Perfect.